things were going smoothly for the Pandavas in Kandavaprastha. When one day it all changed for Arjuna. Arjuna's actions resulted in his exile from Kandavaprastha for 12 years, during which he was required to live the life of a brahmachari. This 12-year period was not only filled with new adventures, but also some romance and new alliances for the brave Arjuna, who made the most of a bad situation. Pandavas's marriage to Draupadi, the princess of Panchala, helped solve many of their problems. It changed their status from powerless princes to princes who could no longer be ignored. With the marriage came the much-needed wealth and influence which helped them come out of hiding and reclaim their birthright. The Pandavas established their kingdom and ruled from their brand new capital Kandavaprastha. They lived a happy and peaceful life with their common wife Draupadi. But Some people, particularly sage Narada, worried that if the brothers weren't careful, then having a common wife might drive a wedge between them. And so out of an abundance of caution, the brothers set a rule that when Draupadi was with the brother in a room, another brother may not enter. And if he does, then he would be exiled from Kandavaprastha for 12 years. Additionally, he would take up Brahmacharya during this time. As you can guess, Arjuna broke this rule. Namaste and welcome to the Stories of India Retold podcast. I'm your host Nivi with Stories from India. Before we begin, I would like to ask you to please support the podcast. You can subscribe, leave reviews, share it with friends and family. Also, follow me on Instagram for interesting stories from India. You will find the links along with information on the references used in the episode description. So what happened why would the virtuous arjuna break such a rule and what happened as a consequence of his actions some time had passed after the pandavas set base in kandavaprastha and they had set this rule for themselves one day a brahmana comes to kandavaprastha he was distressed inconsolable even and he wanted to talk to the pandavas about his grievances a band of thieves had stolen the brahmana's cattle now This is a big issue. Cattle was wealth. It was a household's source of nutrition. Additionally, for a brahmana, the ghee he would obtain from the milk of the cow was essential for the sacrificial rites like homas and yajnas he would perform. Not only that, he was a brahmana and in those times they enjoyed a kind of special status wherein committing crimes against them would be considered especially unacceptable. Arjuna meets with the brahmana and they discuss the issue. Brahmana expresses outrage at being a victim of the cruel and inferior group of people who clearly did not care for the consequences of their actions. He demands justice and he wants it immediately. Arjuna agrees to fight the thieves and retrieve what they stole from the brahmana. He immediately starts making preparations to go after the thieves. There were two things he needed to do before he could leave. One, obtain permission from the king, that is his brother Yudhishthira. Two, collect the weapons he will need for the mission. And there is a problem. Yudhishthira is in a room with Draupadi, and not only that, the weapons that Arjuna needs is also in that same room. Arjuna hesitates, but the Brahmana repeatedly demands that Arjuna should leave immediately to catch the thieves. Arjuna weighs his options. As part of the royal family, it is his dharma to protect the citizens. 
but there was also the agreement between the brothers to never interrupt their time with Draupadi. Entering the room would result in exile for 12 years for Arjuna, but he decides that if he fails to help the Brahmana, he will fail to uphold dharma. Ultimately, Arjuna chooses dharma and enters the room to take the king's permission. Arjuna quickly goes after the thieves. When he finds them, he defeats them, retrieves the loot and returns it to the Brahmana. He returns to the palace and goes to his brother. He tells him that as he broke the rule, he should be punished appropriately. He asks Yudhishthira for permission to leave Khandavaprastha and go on his 12-year-long exile. Yudhishthira did not give his permission readily. No need to go, he says. Yudhishthira tries to convince Arjuna that he has acted according to dharma and no recourse is necessary. He tells Arjuna that he understands that circumstances forced Arjuna to act the way he did and so he should not be punished. He also says that it would not be appropriate for an older brother to enter the room when the younger brother is with his wife. However, it is alright for a younger brother to enter the room when the older brother is with his wife. I think here they are referring to the power dynamics that could come in play. The older brother would have more control over the situation versus the younger brother. So Yudhisthira is all for forgiving this transgression and moving on. However, Arjuna disagrees. He broke a rule, so he must be punished as per the original agreement. Yudhisthira finally relents and gives Arjuna his blessings. Arjuna completes all the rituals needed to start a life of a brahmachari. He goes to the forest to start his 12 years long exile. Now, before we continue, let's talk a little bit about brahmacharya. Brahmacharya is stage 1 in the four stages of life, also called ashramas. Each stage has a goal and it helps provide a sort of framework for humans to lead their lives. A guide, if you will. The brahmacharya stage is a stage when the person remains a bachelor and focuses on pursuits of study and acquiring knowledge. This stage also includes a practice of celibacy. Although in general, if they follow the path of the Brahman, they can be called Brahmachari. Arjuna was supposed to follow Brahmacharya. However, from what follows in the story, I got a feeling that it does not strictly adhere to the category of what someone following Brahmacharya would do. I'm curious to know what you think. So after listening to the rest of the story, leave me a comment about what you think about Arjuna's life as a Brahmachari. When a royal like Arjuna goes into exile, he does not go all on his own. Arjuna is accompanied by an entourage of Brahmanas who were experts in Vedas and Vedangas along with bards, raconteurs and ascetics. They travel in a group, trekking through forests, woods and mountains. They visit many places of pilgrimage. Finally, they stop at another holy place and decide to stay there. This holy place is called the source of the river Ganga, so that would be near the Gangotri glacier in the northern state of Uttarakhand. And here Arjuna's adventures begin. Arjuna and his team performed many Agnihotras, which are sacrifices to Agni or the fire god. One day, Arjuna dipped into the river Ganga to take a bath. As prescribed, 
before performing the Agnihotra. Arjuna finishes his bath and is about to get out of the water when he is suddenly pulled back into the water. He is taken into a majestic underwater palace and there Arjuna is surprised to see that a fire was lit. Arjuna goes to the fire and performs the rites. The Lord Agni is very pleased with Arjuna's dedication. When he is done, he turns to the woman who had pulled him down to this palace and asks her who she was. The woman reveals that her name is Ulupi and she is the daughter of the serpent king Kauravya, a descendant of the serpent Airavata. Arjuna learns that they are at the Naga palace named Kauravya. But why did Ulupi drag Arjuna down to the Kauravya palace? Ulupi claims that she saw Arjuna earlier when he entered into the water and she was immediately enamoured with him. She confesses her love for Arjuna and asks him to accept her love. Arjuna does not refuse her, but he doesn't accept her feelings either. He tells her that he would like to return her feelings. However, he is tied down by his dharma as he has taken up brahmacharya. Arjuna tells Ulupi that he would do anything to please her if it did not go against his dharma. Ulupi replies that she knows about Arjuna's exile and the reasons he took up Brahmacharya. She says that it is a rule that he and his brothers made up amongst each other for the sake of Draupadi. Ulupi argues that saving someone is also a dharma and by saving her, Arjuna would compensate for not strictly following dharma in the case of his Brahmacharya. Ulupi reiterates that she will die if Arjuna refuses her love for him. In the end, Arjuna agrees and spends the night with Ulupi at Kauravya's palace. The next morning, he returns to his group and tells them about what happened. He decides to leave the place and begins to travel again. He visits many places of pilgrimage and along the way, he makes donations of a thousand cows. He also donates houses to many brahmanas. Where did Arjuna travel to? Arjuna's travels span many states of India. The following was his route and I found this really interesting. So remember, he started around the Gangotri Glacier area in Uttarakhand. The book mentions Agastya's banyan tree, Vasista's mountain and Bhrigu's peak. My guess is Bhrigu's peak is the Bhrigu Parbat situated in Gangotri National Park in Uttarakhand. I got no information about the other two places, unfortunately. So if you know of those, please share it with me. What we do know is that Arjuna then heads east and continues his pilgrimage. He goes to river Utpalini in Naimisha forest, situated in the northern Indian state of Uttar Pradesh. He also travels to rivers in the state of Bihar and Uttarakhand. He visits rivers Nanda, Upananda, Kaushika, Gaya and Ganga. He then goes to the kingdoms of Anga, located in the area of the state of Bihar, and Vanga, which is in part of West Bengal and Bangladesh, and visits every sacred place in that area. Finally, Arjuna and his group reach the kingdom of Kalinga, which is located in present-day southern Odisha and northern Andhra Pradesh. Here, the group of Brahmanas tell him that it was time for them to return back home. Arjuna is not quite ready to return and so with their permission, he stays back, accompanied only by a handful of people from his original group. 
With this smaller group, Arjuna travels closer to the ocean. They go to the Mahendra Mountains, which is close to the Bay of Bengal and situated in Odisha and Andhra Pradesh. There he meets many ascetics. They then continue their travel along the shores of the ocean and reach the kingdom of Manalura, which is the northeast state of Manipur or Manipura, the city of jewels. Things get interesting for Arjuna here. Arjuna visits the king of Manalura, Chitravahana, who welcomes him to the country. Arjuna stays there for a few days and one fine day he meets the beautiful princess Chitrangada. Arjuna decides he wants to marry her. And so he goes to Chitravahana and asks him for Chitrangada's hand in marriage. What was the king's response? The king's answer was neither a simple yes nor a no. It is complicated, he explains. Chitravahana had an ancestor named Prabhamkara. He was childless and so he performed great austerities to Lord Shiva in order to obtain a child. Lord Shiva was pleased and blessed him with a child. And not only that, he told Prabhamkara that every generation of his descendants will have a child. But they will only have a single child. Nothing less, nothing more. And so, for generations, there has only ever been one child in Chitravahana's lineage. Chitrangada was Chitravahana's only child and she would continue the lineage. I have made her my putrika. Chitravahana reveals to Arjuna. Now, Putra in Sanskrita means son. And Putrika means a daughter who is regarded as a son by her father. She will live with her father after her marriage and any son she has will be considered her father's son and heir. So this means that if Arjuna marries her, he would not be able to take his wife home with him nor would he be able to claim any son born to them as his own. What did Arjuna do? Arjuna agrees to the conditions laid by Chitravahana and he marries Chitrangada. Arjuna lives in Manalura for a period of three winters. They become parents to a baby boy named Babruvahana. During the time he was in Manalura, Arjuna performs many valorous deeds. He continues to visit pilgrimage sites. On one such tour, he learns about Agastya Tirtha, Subhadra, Paulama and Karandama. These were old Tirthas or places of pilgrimage. Arjuna is shocked to learn that the people did not visit the places anymore. Why were these Tirthas abandoned? Because of crocodile attacks. Worshippers were afraid to get into the water because the crocodiles living in the water would attack and kill anyone they found entering the water. Curious and determined to solve the problem, Arjuna goes to Saubhadra Tirtha. He enters the water and as the ascetics had warned him, he is attacked by a giant crocodile. But Arjuna is ready. He grasps the crocodile and wrestles with the strong and ferocious reptile. When he has a good grip on it, he drags the crocodile out of the water and lo and behold, Arjuna watches in awe as the crocodile transforms into a beautiful woman. Who are you? he asks her. The woman replies that she is an apsara named Varga. Varga and her four friends, Saurabeyi, Samichi, Budbuda and Lata, were travelling to visit Lokapala or the protector of the world. 
On the way in a forest, they saw a handsome Brahmana performing austerities. Varga and her friends decided to create mischief. They wanted to distract the Brahmana from performing his austerities, but no matter how hard they tried, they could not distract him. Not only that, the Brahmana was offended and in his anger, he cursed the apsaras to turn into water-dwelling crocodiles for a period of a hundred years. This sobered up the apsaras. Immediately they regret what they had done and plead with the Brahmana to forgive them. The Brahmana softened towards them. Unfortunately, he couldn't negate the curse and they were now destined to live in the water where they would pull the men who entered it under water. He consoled them saying the curse will not last forever and they will be rescued by a special man who will drag them to land where they will turn back into apsaras. Later, they happened to meet sage Narada who, when he heard what happened, suggested that they live in the five tirthas in the southern marshes of the ocean where Narada predicted Arjuna would visit one day in the future and free them from the curse. So they did as he suggested and were in desperate wait for Arjuna to visit the Tirtha and rescue them. Varga requested Arjuna to help rescue the other Apsaras and Arjuna did exactly that. So this was one more story of Arjuna's bravery and valour while he lived in Manalura. So now, as I said, he only lived there for three winters. Where did he go from there? From Manalura, Arjuna headed towards Gokarna. Here's the thing. There are many Gokarnas and I'm not certain which Gokarna is referenced here. It is possibly the one in West Bengal or maybe the one in Andhra Pradesh. Regardless, he continued westward until he reached Prabhasa in Saurashtra region in the western state of Gujarat, where he began his new adventure. News of his arrival reached Krishna, who came to Prabhasa to meet him. The Pandavas and Krishna are cousins. Kunti is Krishna's father Vasudeva's sister. Additionally, Arjuna and Krishna are of an age, and so there is no surprise that they were quite fond of each other. They spent a lot of time together and they stay in Prabhasa for a few days. They have a good time and Arjuna tells Krishna all about his tours and adventures. From Prabhasa, they go to Raivataka, which is in Girnar Mountains in Gujarat. And from there, they go to Krishna's hometown, Dwaraka, which is also in Gujarat. Arjuna receives a very warm welcome in Dwaraka. Members of all the different tribes from the Yadava clan, the Bojas, Vrishnis, Andakas, they were all very happy to see Arjuna and they welcome Arjuna with great pomp and celebration. Arjuna spends many days in Dwaraka and he stays in Krishna's house. One day, Arjuna attends a festival with the Yadavas on Mount Raivataka. It was a grand festival with many people in attendance. The mountain was beautifully decorated. There was music, songs and dance and people were having fun. Some were even intoxicated. Arjuna was with Krishna and he was having fun and they were walking around and he suddenly spotted a beautiful young girl in the crowd. Krishna noticed this. Krishna told Arjuna that the girl was his half-sister, Subhadra. If you are interested in her, I can talk to father on your behalf, Krishna offers. Arjuna is keen on this marriage and vows to do anything he can to obtain Subhadra as his wife. What should I do? he asks. 
Krishna reveals that a swayamvara was being planned for Subhadra, but Krishna is not happy with this. He thinks that swayamvaras are unpredictable and there is no telling who Subhadra will choose. Abduct her, he tells Arjuna, as abduction for marriage was considered acceptable for Kshatriyas. Arjuna considers this and sends a messenger to Kandavaprastha. He agrees to the plan only when he receives Yudhisthira's permission. How does Arjuna abduct Subhadra? Arjuna waits for his chance. One day, he learns that Subhadra is visiting Mount Raivataka. After consulting with Krishna, Arjuna, kitted with his sword, elbow and finger guards, gets into a very powerful chariot yoked by two very powerful horses named Sainya and Sugriva. He waits till Subhadra is finished with her prayers and is on her way down back to Dwaraka. Then he swoops in his powerful vehicle, picks her up, deposits her in his chariot and swiftly makes his way to Kandavaprastha. So, this part of the story does not age well, does it? But in that time, it was not considered against dharma. However, that does not mean that the abductee's relatives were always happy about it. Subhadra's relatives were outraged. The guards who were with her rushed to Sudharma, which was the name of the assembly hall. There they report the abduction. The war drums are sounded, which brings all the bhojas, rishnis and andakas to the assembly hall. When they learn of Subhadra's abduction, they are furious. Immediately they order their chariots to be yoked and their weapons to be readied. They want to punish Arjuna for his transgression. It is a frenzy. Balarama comes to the hall and asks everyone what they were doing. Balarama had had some wine earlier. So had many others who were getting ready to attack Arjuna. But Balarama did not want to act in haste. He wanted to consult with his brother Krishna. He tells everyone to talk to Krishna first. When Krishna arrives, Balarama questions him about the abduction. You vouched for Arjuna, which is why we opened our homes to him and we treated him well. We invited him into our homes and this is how he repays us? He is from a good family. He should know right from wrong. Even if we considered him a good match for Subhadra, do you think any one of us would look upon him favorably after he pulled that stunt? Balarama asks Krishna. I think we should attack the Kauravas for the insult Arjuna has handed us. Balarama's declaration is welcomed by the clan. What does Krishna do? Does he defend Arjuna or agree with his brother? Arjuna did nothing wrong, Krishna declares. He wanted to marry Subhadra. Abduction by force was his only choice because the Yadava tribe cannot be bribed with money to grant permission for the wedding and one never knows the outcome of a Swayamvara. Arjuna is eligible and comes from a great lineage. Who will not want to marry him? Even if you were to decide to catch him now, do you think you could defeat him? Krishna reasons that it would be more shameful if the Yadavas were to be defeated by Arjuna, which they most likely would be. The wisest thing to do now, Krishna says, is to go to Arjuna before he reaches Kandavaprastha, agree to the marriage and ask him to come back. After careful consideration, the Yadavas agree and follow Krishna's advice. Arjuna returns to Dwaraka with Subhadra and they are both married. He lives in Dwaraka for another year, after which he goes to Pushkara, 
which is most likely the city of Pushkar in the northern state of Rajasthan. And that was it. The 12-year period was over and Arjuna returned to Kandavaprastha. In his 12-year of exile, Arjuna was able to travel and visit many places. He was also successful in forging allies with the Nagas, Yadavas and the kingdom of Manalura. He also helped spread goodwill by visiting various places of pilgrimage and making donations. It was a successful 12 years of exile and when it was over, Arjuna was back home in the open arms of his loving family. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to support the podcast by following, leaving reviews or sharing the show with friends and family. It helps immensely. Also follow me on Instagram for more interesting stories. You will find the links along with the information on the references used in the episode description. Thank you. Dhanyavada.